Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of that galaxy and direct from our galaxy, this is Four Center. 
presents Other Center. I'm getting that stuck. When you say it slow, it works out. <laughs> I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I said it uh, slowly to make sure I get it right. <laughs> and I'm Jennifer Landau. <laughs> Thanks for listening to us today. Thanks for joining the Other Center Adventure. A uh, quick update if you're uh, checking in to see, hey, where's the space saga stuff? Uh, we are uh, involved and supporting the strikes. And that is why we're talking about other parts of life, the universe and everything. And something that we'll probably carry forward too once we're able to talk about the saga we love. Thanks for listening. We got cues of the other today, Joseph and uh, we're excited. We got we got some deep ones here. This is going to be uh, interesting. Before we get to all that, though, I, I don't want to forget. We want to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a thirty day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center. Over one hundred eighty thousand titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Ken, Android Kindle, or MP three player. Uh, a little four center recommends. We talked about California on the uh, main uh, deep dive uh, this week. Uh, we recommend that you try out the Yosemite by John Muir. It's on Audible. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash four center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash four center for your free audio book. Joseph, we got uh, questions for us, but I ask for everyone out there. That is right. Uh, we want to thank everyone for the uh, the emotional support on Other Center and also supporting us on Patreon. If you ha- have it in you, we could use some support on YouTube. If you're not subscribed, it would be great to get some new subscriptions or some recommendations. If you think anybody might enjoy uh, our podcast on YouTube, you could uh, ask them to give us a follow. We would love to get back up to 8,000 subscribers. And when I say back up, um, we've never been to 8,000 subscribers. So <laughs> we'd like to get back to where we were and then keep climbing all the way to the stars, also known as 8,000 subscribers. <laughs> Love that. Well done. And we're going to get there. We are going to get there indeed. Uh, we got some good questions, Joseph. Let's dive right in. It's uh, it's going to be uh, going to go a lot of places today. Yeah, yeah. We, we have so many great uh, questions of the other. This is always something that we did when we were uh, busy talking about the Galactic Saga and people would put forward their questions and some real life stuff would uh, would creep in here. But uh, once we started doing Other Center, just put out the call on our Patreon. If you're a patron or you want to join us on Patreon, uh, scroll down. You will see the post uh, that's a picture of uh, Ken looking at fish, uh, <laughs> breaded fish in London. Uh, invitation to ask us just about anything. We have such a wide variety of questions and a lot more still to get to. This episode might be the widest in a topic seriousness Mm. level. Mm. (laughs) So we got some fun ones, uh, but we start with a a, a timely one and a a kind of heavier one. Uh, This came in uh, too late to do um, last week because we were doing our desserts episode, but I wanted to bring it in uh, close to the incident that was being talked about. This comes to us from Josh Vaskovich. Uh, Josh says, hello, Jen, Ken, and Joseph. Been a longtime listener. Absolutely love your approach to the show and the perspectives you give, uh, but finally became a patron. I'm especially loving these other Center episodes. The favorite band's artist episode was so much fun. Ken, I will be seeing you two in Vegas for my birthday next month, <laughs> says Josh. Uh, but since we are approaching the anniversary of 9-11, I wanted to hear your experiences of that day, the effect it had on you as individuals, and your perspective on the aftermath. For myself, says Josh, I was 14, freshman year, first year of football, so it was a time of great change. I knew the world I once knew would never be the same. Although it was a day of great loss and death, I still look for the stories of heroism and compassion and humanity. I know it's a heavy topic, but I feel this is a safe space 
to discuss. Uh, Josh, this is a, a great question. And thank you for the, the kind compliments about how the other center episode is going. I hope you enjoy you do it in Vegas. Uh, and really wanted to, uh, to tackle this. Uh, Ken, any, any thoughts on you two in Vegas before we get into the heavier question? <laughs> this is a gear shift on the freeway. That is, uh, <laughs> I was, I was like, Oh, that's great. Oh wait, that's right. This question's a serious one. Yeah. Um, uh, Josh, enjoy that. Uh, I had a chance to see him. Uh, I had a chance to maybe go see them with a friend of ours, uh, Darina, uh, Ariano invited me and some friends out and I just couldn't make it. And I'm bummed. It's still one of my all time favorite bands. I've never seen live. So enjoy that show. Uh, Larry Mullen Jr. Drumming or not, it's going to be a good one. <laughs> and uh, Jennifer, have you ever seen you two in Las Vegas? <laughs> No, I haven't, but I bet it'd be a great show. <laughs> I'm sure it would. All right. So we will get into uh, this uh, heavier question. But as Josh says, you know, uh, uh, sometimes even the heaviest questions have uh, glimmers of, of hope in humanity and heroism. And I'm, I do not know the answers to these questions uh, uh, for either you or Ken, Jennifer. So where were you on 9-11 and, and what kind of impact did you feel in the world from that uh, eventful day? Mm. I believe, and I'm not 100% sure, I'd have to look back on things, but I believe I was working at E! Entertainment um, and I was getting ready for work and my friend slash roommate, she would always have like the morning shows on and she was like, you have to come see this, you have to come see this. Um, and I just remember staring at the TV and they were talking that it was, you know, a terrorist attack and and uh, it, it just did not feel real. Mm -hmm. I really was in disbelief. My, uh, my producer called me and she's like, don't come into work. And then this fear washed over us of like, are we safe here? Is it going to happen in Los Angeles? Because it's such a, you know, big city. Um, yeah. and it was interesting because I called my dad cause my dad, you know, the news and he's seen it all. And he just was, it's not, not that he expected it, but he had no problem like accepting it because, you know, of his generation, they went through so much with the MLK assassination, JFK assassination, Vietnam. So many atrocities happened during his generation. This really felt like such a big moment for our generation. Mm -hmm. And it completely changed everything. Um, it, you know, I was also working at Disneyland during that time. I would work uh, on the weekends and I was Princess Jasmine. And it was so strange right after this had happened. I must've been like a week or two after I was walking across um, main street with my Aladdin, you know, in our costumes and these two kids mm. were like terrorists, terrorists, mm. like shouting mm. at us. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have never felt like that. I was like, Oh my, I got scared. And we like ran across backstage and it made me real. I'm like, I'm I'm not Middle Eastern, but I could not imagine what the prejudice and racism that mm -hmm. so many uh, Middle Eastern people in our country experienced during that time and since. I mean, and I remember I also would wear this cloak as Jasmine that kind of resembled, uh, I think it's called, uh, Shador, um, which is what Muslim women will wear. I didn't want to wear it. I was mm. scared and it was a really weird time. I remember our lines were shorter. This is a mm. fictional character, but the sentiment in the country had totally changed. Mm. And mm. oh my gosh, it just, yeah. What a, what a, what an experience. Mm. What an experience. Wow. That is so visceral um, to, to hear that 
that specific experience. Um, there, there's discussion. It feels like to me every year on, on social media where one or two people will, um, post something kind of tone deaf about how it brought the country together. Mm. And, and I feel the experience that I had is that maybe the day of it was one of those, everybody stop and everybody pay attention. We're all in this place together. But then yes, immediately after the actual event, it was not about unity. It was Mm -hmm. about, uh, these kinds of, of terrible things. Um, did, Jennifer, how how did you feel on the actual on the actual day? Like, what did you do? Where did you? Since you didn't go into E, did you just sit glued to the television? Yes, I did. We just watched. We just watched the news and trying to make sense of it, trying to understand how this happened. Um, if it, like I said, if it would happen here, and I think from that moment on, that's when I uh, actually got my fear of flying because I had never been afraid to fly mm. but after you know we started learning more about it i ever since then like i really i have panic attacks on flights like mm. i can't i and i i'm sure it must come from that and that fear that i felt that day mm. and then the videos that we saw were just horrific uh, mm-hmm. not just of the planes but the people on the ground and try oh my gosh it just i when i saw this question i i really i was like oh gosh i couldn't even look back I was like going to Google it. I couldn't even look back on the news reports. It really mm. was so, it was so traumatic. I, and I cannot even imagine being in New York um, or yeah. knowing someone at that, you know, experience that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love what you said too, about your, your father having a different perspective um, from a generational perspective. Um, and I remember talking with other friends about that of, you know, by the time we were getting that, that age, you know, you know, my various friends are, you know, you know, ranging from young twenties to just turning 30 in Gen X and other generations had been defined by massive conflicts like Mm -hmm. world war two and Vietnam. Um, and Gen X had yet to be defined by a, a, a crisis. Like, yes, there was, um, the the first Iraq War, um, right. but the people I knew were were too mostly too young to be you know even even afraid of a draft, mm-hmm. um, and this this felt like this generational shifting event. So I think the generational perspective is really interesting. I'm also interested if your father had a different perspective. A as a journalist is somebody who covers you know hold cold hard truths. And also, as we talked about last episode, being a, a child of immigrants, I think there's, there's a lot of this kind of stuff happens other places. This doesn't happen in America. Do you think your dad had a better perspective, um, a more international perspective? Yeah, I'm sure. And he's also very desensitized. I mean, he would be first on the scene where they would say, OK, there's a plane crash, a small plane crash and, you know, where, the valley or whatever. He'd drive out there. He would get there before the. Parama- he and other journalists would get there before paramedics. So he'd be seeing mm. like dead bodies. He'd be seeing like car- hor- horrific car accidents with fatalities. So he really became very desensitized mm-hmm. to violence um, um, firsthand. So I think that it was just kind of like he really actually helped me like process it, you know, and he's like, yeah, it could, it could happen in Los Angeles. He's like, but you, you know, most likely he was like trying to explain to me where it might happen or things like that. And so, uh, yeah, he's a person I go to in a crisis because he's always very, very calm. Mm, yeah, well, that's fascinating. Uh, Ken, where were you uh, on that day? 
Uh, I will try not to be the old white uncle at the party that talks for hours uh, about things like this. So. Well, I, I'll, I will, will be in competition for that honor. <laughs> so don't worry. Take your yeah. time. Uh, breathe. I, I saw so I was, uh, God, when, how, yeah, you, you said it right, about 24, 25, right? But I was working, I was working graveyards and it's important because it was my day off Monday into Tuesday and uh, I had, uh, would stay up late. So I, I would, I would, I'd go to bed at 6 a.m. even my days off. And I was just getting ready to go. I'd been maybe working, writing on a computer, so I wasn't plugged in. You know, there was the days where you had Twitter just going and all oh, your news updates mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, so I went right. to bed and was maybe in sleep about five minutes when I heard my roommate um, down the hall going, a, a plane hit it, all those kind of things. And I remember, and I heard plane hit World Trade Center. And I did what a lot of people talk about. I went, hey, probably some Cessna hit it. And I'm sure mm-hmm. I'll get an update when I wake up. So I drifted off. And about 10 minutes later, he he starts pounding on my door. He goes, hey, I think you need to get out here. I think you need to get out here. And um, so got out and we sat and glued and watched. And and that that fear of, of, of what could have happened to here. And I always talk about how we, me and my roommates were all still friends. I actually just had lunch with both of them recently. And some of the darkest, most gallows humor stuff came out of our mouths because that's all we could do. It's all mm-hmm. we could process it. Um, and I'm not saying bad things that were uh, towards kind of stuff you're talking about, Jen, but just, just like, oh my God, what if it does come here? It's just like, cause we couldn't understand it. Um, and you're so right about the generational thing and, you know, the challenger thing. I remembered Reagan being assassinated, the assassination attempt. I remember mm-hmm. it felt foggy and nothing mm-hmm. to this level, but that's all we could do. And I had a similar experience, uh, you know, a few years into my, my Security career and, and certainly not as, as, as jaded, but uh, my boss at the time, I, I uh, not to get into the details, the Hollywood Highland Mall had not opened up yet. And I had an interview. So this is Tuesday. I had an interview on Friday for a supervisor position at the Hollywood Highland Security Department. And about 11 a.m., my phone rings and it's my boss at work who was uh, recently retired from the LAPD SWAT team. And he goes, okay, he goes, hey, it's, it's Joe. And I'm like, hey, yeah. And he goes, hey, so I just remind you about your interview on Friday. Do you need any prep? And I literally go, Joe, are you watching the news? Mm. And I go, do I saw my interview? He goes, he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, really bad. Anyways, hey, your interview, and it's just like, talking about what your dad said. Mm. Your dad, wow. this, this was a drop in the hat, right? They understood the importance of it. They had shut down the mall. But he's like, yeah, 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 not, not, uh, not good. Anyways, uh, we need to keep going <laughs> on working. And um, so there's, there's that, I remember that, and, and then, and, and, you know, you're watching all day. I, I had my first gallbladder attack that night because we sat there watching the news. My stress level, levels probably up and I ate a, a bunch of pizza with my roommates and uh, I was in the hospital by the next morning. And it's, it's all these weird memories around that. And then the, the weeks and days after you talk about, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about, love to hear your experience on the day, Joseph, and talk about some of the stuff after. Um, yeah, there was a, that, that false, I think you're right to say it's a false sense of coming together. Because about five days later, I drove up to my hometown and all along the 101 freeway and ever over, every overpass was a flag, a heart, a this and a that. And, and, and I remember mm-hmm. crying. And yeah, you had that sense of, of that, we're, we're going to get, you know, we, we are America. And that was part of the danger. You just, you just, you just mm-hmm. feeling the, right. the, 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 the supposed kinship and all the experiences you're having, Jen, which started immediately aren't there. Um, but then working, still working graveyards for a couple more months, uh, planes, uh, even that week, specifically that week, the planes, I can't remember when the planes started to 
go back normal, air, you know, passenger planes. But sitting outside of, of, a, of an empty Los Angeles at two or three in the morning with, with clouds overhead and all you heard was mili- were military jets on patrol is, is mm. sounds and memories I will never forget. Wow. You couldn't see him. It wasn't a clear night. And my friend and I were looking up and you, you just heard this as they, they just did patrols around LA. And that's yeah. part of the memory of, of just that whole whole thing, which uh, led to, and then I'll kick it back to you, Justin, but just led to me. I I, I, I joke. I just did a podcast about this on, on my blathering channel, uh, my own mm. channel. Check it out. I, I say this with a little bit of a joke, but I know I'm not alone. I am one of those 9-11 folks where I, you, Jen, you're talking about, you, you don't watch a lot of news. You can't watch it. I will watch the news broadcasts from start to finish. I will watch every doc about it. Mm. And mm, you know, wow. describe it as a morbid fascination. Uh, I describe there's also... Uh, I, I was a first responder type for a while, and, and 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 I'm not joking. I used to drive to work every day when I was a director, picking a scenario, going, "Is today there's a shooting? Is today a bomb? What would what would I do if that happens?" So that I'm f- morbidly fascinated with that kind of aspect of it. But there's a greater history of it too that uh, that's needs to be discussed. So, anyways, that was yeah, day. No, absolutely. I want to talk more about Fallout, and I also want to ask you. So you were already. Um, working security it was already your profession. Do you feel like you had a different reaction to it in terms of thinking about, did you very quickly think about how it could have and should have been stopped? Did you have a security perspective? No, you just, but you had a sense of, um, again, what, what do you do? And, and, and the fun aspect of it, that if you choose that kind of life is, is, is don't let them, don't let any in the, in the, in those emergency businesses lie. They, we love running in while everyone's running out. That's why you do those jobs. And, and you can make fun of, of, of a, I, I worked in the public safety retail security business. You, you, you think I'm, I'm arresting shoplifters at Claire's. I'm not. I, I was a leader on something called Operation Dark Cloud. I was one of the security supervisors, which was a multi agency training session on terrorist, uh, dirty bomb chemical attacks. Like that's the kind of stuff I dealt with. More because it's twenty thousand people coming to a mall, and mm-hmm. it's a small city, and it is a danger. Especially then, malls are a little less vibrant these days. Uh, and then when I was at the Grove Farmers Market, we were on terror watch list. I had I, there was a guy take we, we caught taking videos of our cameras and all that kind of stuff. So, and this whole conversation is complicated. Going to back what Jen's experiencing and going, yeah, yeah. But no, there was um, not an excitement. I don't want to make anyone convey that but it was just like what all right we got to discuss what we're doing we got to discuss what we're doing as a city operation dark cloud happened in august of 2003 this giant we're talking giant a thousand people involved uh agencies from all and and the biggest thing we learned on that day is that we 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 did a live it was a live training scenario of of a chemical bomb exploding in a mall one of the things we learned is that none of these agencies knew how to work together none of these agencies knew how to talk to get each other Mm. and everyone Mm -hmm. like a game and you, you'd sit there and you'd have a police officer come in, a lieutenant come up to me and go, hey, so what, but it, you know, it, it, we go, hey, this is what happened. And he'd walk away and then the fire captain would come and be like, hey, what happened? And what's, and he'd, and he'd ask the same questions the police lieutenant asked, but they wouldn't talk to each other. <laughs> they wouldn't talk to, so all that from that, that's what changed in mm. my world around that. It went from mm. organized retail crime, which is this, this and that to this kind of stuff does happen. And, and, and there's a, there is a desensitizing that comes from that, that experience. Mm-hmm. And maybe something mm-hmm. like, well, my boss, I'm not saying it in a good way or a bad way. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad thing. Part of that's, it's a Tuesday. Welcome to Tuesday. Anyways, your job interviews on Friday. 
Um, a lot of t- couple of my bosses were in the North Hollywood shootout from uh, as SWAT members. If you ever mm. watch that video, it's it's a harrowing harrowing thing. They the, one of my bosses one was the one who drove the car down to the guy that they that they shot out his ankles. He's he's the guy mm. in the car. So being around those guys, <laughs> it is <laughs> horrible. It, it, they understand it's horrible. They just how do how how do you act in that? That's the trick. Mm-hmm. So it was a weird, it was a weird, it changed a lot. And then I had, I had the thought of, well, should I stop pursuing comedy? Should I join up? Should I, I had, I had friends who joined up. They joined the military because of that incident. They left. Mm. Should I do this? Should I work harder in pursuing a police and fire career? Which sometimes I wish I did. Sometimes I'm very glad I did. Um, <laughs> that was around my view, my perspective of, of, of the world at that time. Yeah, no, that that makes a ton of sense. And yeah, I, there I think in my opinion there has there's been uh, a lot of paranoia and in my opinion some security theater around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but for you working at a mall, yeah, that's not a mall cop joke. Uh mm-hmm. the the you know, the 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 people who absolutely did and do have a problem with America wanted to attack the idea of capitalism mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. A, a mall where with, you know, complacent American capitalism, there's a very good reason. That's not, that was not paranoia then to, to be concerned about that. And, and, and again, I definitely want to hear your experiences. It leads to where, especially where I'm at now of, of studying the entire picture of the day and the decades before and the decades since. After. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, we'll get into that uh, for sure. Cause I want to, I want to talk more about fallout. Cause I think you, you probably had to literally uh, adjust your life <laughs> a, a lot to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for me, the, the day of is e- extremely uh, vivid because I was, uh, I was working at uh, Kinko's in downtown uh, Minneapolis. I was the assistant manager uh, at that point. Uh, the Kinko's in Minneapolis is in uh, one of the tallest and, and most uh, famous skyscrapers in in downtown Minneapolis, the IDS Center, a beautiful shimmering uh, blue building. I, I loved working there because that that building to me was like, that's Minneapolis. Um, my, my parents had playing cards of, of, of the IDS from when it was when it was new. Uh, so I took a lot of pride in, in working at at the IDS. Yeah. Um, but Kinko's was there. Uh, we had installed a television on the wall a couple, uh, maybe a year earlier, um, because the lines were always long <laughs> at Kinko's and a lot of our business was uh, uh, business people. And so it was, my manager at the time was like, we're going to put on CNN to distract them. <laughs> oh, they wait in line. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's n- not social media. I did not listen to radio or anything. So I'm just like, well, I'm thinking about the sketch comedy i need to finish writing for my next show and uh drive into work and uh, i turn the corner to walk into uh kinko's and on that television is a, a picture of you know the smoke coming out of uh the the second tower mm. and the um overnight manager the third shift uh, assistant manager that i'm taking over for is like uh a plane hit the the towers are like, oh, wow. And like, but then a second one did. So I don't think it can be an accident. And it was like, I was kind of walking in at the moment that all the news was like, yep, this can't be an accident. It just happened again. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was this weird tense, like, okay, I'm the assistant manager. I got to keep working on all of moving everything forward. Um, and I got a call from 
my dad. I got a call from my friend. I got a call from an ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. <laughs> saying, uh, that's, that's the skyscraper to hit in Minneapolis. Get out of there. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, 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 I'm the assistant manager. I have responsibility. I can't, I can't just leave. But my dad was really like, you know, and my dad's a super, like you work hard, period. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> your boss asks you to, to stay two hours late. You do it. And my dad was just like, just leave, son. <laughs> wow. Um, and I was like, I, I, I can't. And, and Kinko's did not close then. It was 24 right. seven and different Kinko's in metros areas would rotate which holidays they closed on. Mm. So it was like arcane knowledge how to actually literally physically close. Cause <laughs> most of me was like, how <laughs> is there a key? Does the door actually physically close? Mm. I don't know much less computer systems. And where do we take all the, the jobs that we still have to, to finish? Um, so the, the building, the IDS decided we're going to close down. Cause I called and like talked to the upper, upper management and like the upper management had said, we're, we're thinking about it. We're analyzing the situation. You know, we're aware it's a situation mm. to think about. And then the building was like, everybody get out. <laughs> yeah. mm. uh, we're closing the building's closing. So then I got the, the okay from like the, the boss's 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 boss um, mm. to mm. try to close Kinko's, which I think it was the se- only the second time I'd ever done that. Um Crazy. So I, I sent the other employees home, uh, locked everything up. We had all these jobs in progress. And, you know, it's it, we make jokes about Kinko's and Copy Shop. But at the time, it was a different time. We had like, you know, multi-thousand dollar huge deal projects. So mm-hmm. I, I had to pack everything up and physically drive it to uh, another Kinko's. And uh, the Kinko's I dropped it off at, uh, I will never forget, was right next to a Toys R Us. And, like. I was always just like, well, if I get physically close to a Toys R Us, I'm going to Toys R Us mm. uh, to check on, you know, Power of the Force figures or whatever. Uh, and I, I dropped all the Kinko, all the the copies off, and just felt, you know, c- couldn't process it all. And I like stepped one foot into the Toys R Us, and I was like, what am I doing? This is wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, turned around and and went home. Um, and I had I had crappy dial-up internet yeah. I, I didn't even have any sort of account uh we were still on my girlfriend that i lived with ex-boyfriend's account piggybacking on something <laughs> to even get on internet explorer but i you know checked with my couple friends in new york um you know i, I talked to my brother on the phone and, and really processed the this is this is we we understand this happens other places in the world and we are being very privileged mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But from our perspective, this is fantasy level stuff. Hmm. These, you know, especially in then in the 90s, 2000s with the super kind of over the top versions of, hmm. you know, things like Mission Impossible and that of like, yeah, this is what, you know, fantasy heroes stop. So that that uncomfortable uh, merging of what we had been looking at is fantasy, but it is not, it's real world. And now we're experiencing that. I remember processing that a lot. Um, yeah. And then just sat there the rest of the day watching television. The, the, the other part of it is, uh, my girlfriend at the time wasn't home. She was, uh, on a, a vacation with her parents. Uh, but her father had worked for the government and recently retired hmm. and actually, and he did go back to the government because of this. Uh, he's oh, wow. a very fascinating man, but he, but he was really upset because he's like, 
I worked for years to stop things like this. Mm, mm -hmm. And I wasn't there and I didn't get a chance to be a part of stopping this. Mm. And I'm going back. So, yeah, visceral, uh, strange memories of the actual day. And then then we get into uh, much more of the fallout. Mm. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, So so for you, Ken, what uh, when you talk about the fallout, when you talk about studying Mm. the the history of everything, uh, where does your mind go to to what was changed? Yeah. Yeah. Just. uh I'll, I'll start here. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a never forget person, but man, hasn't that phrase been taken and used in so many ways that need to be mm-hmm. analyzed. Um, and I've gone through a, a big sea change in my last life last couple of years, but it's, a, it, it's, it's, it's a brewing thing where I just, I, I think that day should be understood and it should be understood for the pain that is. I, I did not lose anyone directly. I got some friends who did uh, lose some folks. I got some friends from New York who are still, Still haunted of it. Twenty-two years later, one of my friends he goes, "I, I just every day, I, 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 it, I, it's in my head." Um, and he's been in therapy for it. So I, I'm always, it's always important for me to, to 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 understand the pain of that day. I do. I, I, I even kind of get a little grumpy at some of the, um, I'll just younger generation folks who I think are really cynical about it because maybe you were two, maybe you were three, or maybe you weren't even alive, and but you got you got a TikTok and a Twitter handle, and and there's a, a, a lack of understanding. It's just like I had a lack of understanding of Pearl Harbor. Or anything mm. else. Mm. But I also think it's important 20 history. This is what history does. You move on, time goes on, and then you can get the full picture. You get the fallout. Um, I, like I said, I, I'm a never forget person, or maybe it's always remember. I've seen that sentiment out there as well. But you cannot deny that the term never forget has become a shield. And it's become a shield that people hold up to protect themselves from facing what's going on with them, which is an anger, uh, 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 a a darkness uh, becoming uh, maybe what we feared. And then not understanding how we got there. Not, not that we are responsible for it or taking responsibility from uh, uh, those that, that that perpetrated this, this horror, um, but understand the picture, which directly ties to Russia invading Afghanistan in 1979 and the Mojahedin and all those things and, and how that breeds this and breeds that. And, 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 and there's no right or wrong as how I look at it. There's just this big picture to understand what it did to us. And, and um, there's, a, there's docs, you know, everyone knows, yeah, Ken loves his docs. I, I think you need to, if, if you can take it and if, if it's not something you want to watch, then something that's, that's the right answer for you. But those two, the two French brother, brothers, Jules and Gideon, uh, not that, who were the ones who were, who were filming, um, when the first plane hit, that's their dock. You can watch that one. Mm. Talk about ground level. They were the only ones inside. Remember, this is <laughs> we, we got very few, very few photos. This if this had happened five, six years later, mm. the amount of footage we've had that we probably wouldn't want to see from the inside would be right. uh, too countless. Um, I think you need to experience it, and I need. I think you need to understand those that were there uh, for the for the, the the safety of it all and the emergency response of it all. But then you cannot stop. And I think that I, I used to always just stop on those docks. And there is the, uh, the great, uh, it, it's called Turning Point, 9-11 and the War on Terror. It came out a couple years, I think, on 20th anniversary on Netflix. It's a five-parter. I'm not saying any doc is ever perfect uh, or that every doc doesn't cover, you know, docs don't cover every aspect. But I, I, I recommend this one because it, it, it takes the time to go into the horror of that day with people who survived it, people who lost on that day. But it takes the time to analyze where we were and where we are. And, and it's sad. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's depressing at times to see 
the, 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 what, what, what we did on those days and, and to pitch it back to you shortly, Jen, of just those stories existed from the moment it happened. The moment that first plane hit, what you were experiencing, Jen, was happening to people in our country. And mm. we don't allow that. And then, and then, and, and, and then, you know, people in, in my old line of work or my old friends who, who love it, there's always this, yeah, well, we run in when you run out. And they use that to hide the horrors of those industries, right? They, they don't, they don't want to face those truths. That's what I mean when it's a shield. And, and, and I, want to, I want to find a way to take all that back for those who can study and understand the full picture, both the pain and the lessons that we still need to learn. They're still going on and how it applies to the world and, and those stories. And I, I had uh, some Patreon supporters of mine uh, and they listened for Center, Tamor and Abdul, who were in New York at the time. Um, and they told me what they experienced in school mm. during that time, during that era. And, and not just talking that, but like years after and what their family yeah. went through. And we can't, we, it, 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 and, and understanding their plight does not take away from the plight of anyone who, who, who died or experienced loss on that day. You know, we got to put it right. all in a big bucket and study it all so we all can get better. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it, it is a real, a, a, a quick sort of, um, I'm, I'm, I, I'm trying to use the right words. It, it almost feels like the uh, always remember should be about the actual horror of the yeah. uh, attack. And also the the amount of American culture that handled it by perpetrating not anger or a need for accountability or justice for the actual perpetrators, mm -hmm. but just attacked uh, other Americans who had nothing to do with it mm -hmm. and other human beings who had nothing to do with it. And that should be a part of always remember the tragedy that day that we did not. Mm -hmm. as a culture rise to the challenge of being judicious about what is the event who is actually responsible what is actually needed and instead lashed out cruelly at, at other people yeah i titled i titled my episode uh, of, the, of my podcast last week looking for someone to punch because i felt that mm. kind of we got hit hard and and, and and to what you talked about too of, of just like this yeah this isn't something we experience on our shores for other people it's a daily part of their existence yeah which was part of why they they did that i'm gonna say that's not a hey that's a, a, a you know the good job on that I mean, you know what you know what i mean by that like that was part of the horror of what here no this looks like independence day what are you talking about and we couldn't process that um but yeah 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 I, i'm with you just uh, uh <laughs> It, it immediately um, that get up, look for someone to punch. Uh, mm. yeah. There's a certain space saga that has some lessons about that. <laughs> yeah. Jen, how did you feel about the kind of ongoing fallout? Did some of those incidents that you're, you're, uh, we're talking about at, at Disney, did those continue? Uh, did they get better or worse as America got involved in, in wars in, in a reaction? Oh, I do think that it, it's still, I mean, it's gotten better obviously since then, but it's still, it was bad for a very, very long time. And I have some uh, Middle Eastern friends who really suffered during mm -hmm. that period. And even today where a friend of mine, like the parts that he, that he gets called in for as a Middle Eastern man is the terrorist, mm -hmm. like on all these TV shows and in movies. And he's like, finally was like, to his agent, I do not want to do this. I don't want to do terrorist uh, roles because I don't want to perpetuate that stereotype that people have that, it, you know, since 9-11, quite frankly, mm -hmm. for him. And uh, so therefore, he's not really auditioning mm -hmm. uh, because that's mm. just the sad 
state of affairs. Um, all these years later, all these years later, all these years later, mm. it's, it's shocking. And I, and that's why sometimes nine 11, it, it feels, I, I'm really torn. Can you put it so well to be remembering both all the people that were affected in many different ways, the aftermath, the day of, and things like that, because I feel like that's really when uh, the far right, if we want to go down that road, kind of started to like bubble up more and it became very much like America, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the other, and these people Mm -hmm. are bad and we need to make America strong again, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And this really toxic uh, American attitude kind of, I feel like at first it was great. Like we're all banded together and then it started to become, I feel uglier. Um, and something that I think we're still dealing with today. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'll, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll be direct about it. I, I think I think you could trace from from that Tuesday morning to to January six and beyond. Uh, and, mm. and I think the split starts to really ramp up there. I think the split also goes to Reagan era, goes to uh, Goldwater Republican. Uh, go, you could trace it, uh, and it's not just to put it on on one side because you know mm. there, there was an administration after Bush that made some mistakes over there a lot in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> right. Um, but it's part of it. It's part of our makeup. And, uh, you know, Joseph, your, your your joke about American food being ego sized sandwiches <laughs> genius on so many levels, as it is painfully true, right? Um, mm. And I get it. I was, I, you know, like I said, I, I felt guilty for not joining up. I'm pursuing comedy. My friends are joining the military. Adam Driver joined because of that. Mm. You know, like wow. that was part of it because that's the only thing to do. Um, and 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 the 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 the, the world we live in. There, there's a, a guy, uh, uh, rest in peace, named Pat Tillman. It was an NFL player uh, at the height oh, of his yeah. skills and power. So I think he was around 27. Arizona Cardinals very well paid defensive player and and he he quit to join the military and he's he was killed in action uh in a friendly fire incident and i'm not saying there's anything beyond that mm-hmm. there's, there's some conspiracies you can follow but this is a guy who got over there and went we shouldn't be here and he was very he, this is wrong and that started by 2002 and three um and, and and that's part of that doc i highly recommend on netflix which traces some of that stuff which which ties to mm. Vietnam. but anyways one of the things and I, i'll shut up i swear I, I keep reading this. I keep pr- plugging this book. The storm is here. Uh, Luke Mogelson, a, 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 a war reporter who spent time in Syria, Iraq, and and uh, all of the Middle East, covering our actions over there in the war uh, in Afghanistan, the war on terror, saw stuff going on in in Michigan with 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 protests to the lockdowns and the masks and the vaccines and the well, vaccines weren't out yet, and said, "There, I'm seeing the same thing there as I'm seeing here from us, and I'm going to go back and cover it because something something's not right." And you trace all that and you trace this sense of, of, of the war, the 20 year war didn't affect us like it did Vietnam. The draft found the suburbs in Vietnam. The war came. We felt it, whether you wanted to or not. Mm-hmm. Right. We didn't have that as much. Uh, thank God. I'm glad we, you know, glad we weren't drafted, but I know a lot of friends in the military. So, so we had a, it was distant. What was going on over there and the aftermath of nine 11, it's distant. There's a, there's a grand Canyon between us and what's actually going on. We were allowed that luxury. And so once the idealism, uh, the, the, the ideology and the connection and the sense of a lack of belonging and a lack of purpose started to coalesce in a lot of the political stuff around that time. And it's shockingly similar to what's emerged post by Wednesday, by Tuesday night or Wednesday evening of 2001. It, I believe in my heart it's all connected. Yeah. yeah. I, I think a lot about 
I, I don't know how much it is going to last in cultural memory or if it's going to be more of a uniquely generational memory. Of I think of a lot of what you're talking about, Ken, is freedom fries. Of <laughs> the, right. um, the, 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 in, in the, in my opinion, that, it, that it, there, there, there wasn't leadership that was, we need to respond laser-like mm-hmm. to this attack and we need to respond honestly and fairly with, with what are the conflicts that led to this it was a it's a, a war on an amb, on an ambiguous word that mm-hmm. will justify lots of things and i mm-hmm. won't get into all that but then when france didn't you know mm-hmm. bend mm-hmm. the knee to what america demanded mm-hmm. the hubris of coming out and saying we're renaming that we're not calling them french fries we're calling them freedom fries mm-hmm. oh it's absurd us against them mm-hmm. it's that the same kind of that has not even any connection to history like like fair enough you just say like we're going to take the statue of liberty down that would have been awful but like it, mm-hmm. it it's so um it is so incredibly dangerous and so incredibly laughably stupid at the mm-hmm. same time mm-hmm. that in freedom fries i see all of donald trump mm-hmm. right that exactly. it is incredibly dangerous and laughably stupid Mm-hmm. At the exact same time, which makes it kind of hard to wrestle with. Um, yeah. Which mm-hmm. the more research you do, that's that's the truth of of authoritarianism, of of, of you know jingoism, of my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. You know, Hitler was laughable too, in in until yes. you know uh, until he suddenly wasn't. You know, right? Um, and and I, I think a lot of it is, is like we need to remember freedom fries and the stupidity of that and and all, all that that sort of symbolizes mm-hmm. the, the justification of yeah and, all, and everybody who suffered for it and all tracing back to to the one of the most powerful emotions at all fear we've all three described some sort of fear fear of this unknown on those days and the hours and the weeks after uh like it might seem somewhat comical from 20 years history point of view joseph would be like you know they were coming for for, for minneapolis it wasn't that day it, it, it was not at all. Uh, same with Los Angeles and, and, and the room. I mean, you watch, I mean, you watch, you talk about news travels so much fast, but what information actually travels on the day? They, they thought uh, a, 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 another, a third plane was heading towards the towers. They didn't understand the information couldn't get out. So the fact that mm-hmm. there might be one to come in LA, Jen, I'm with you. We sat there going, what do we do? What right. do we do? And, 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 and that's part of, so, but that fear started right from the beginning, Joseph, doing what you're doing. Turned into freedom fries real fast. Yeah, real fast. So I think about that a lot. Of the the fallout is also uh, who who was leader when this happened, and, mm-hmm. and you know, ongoing questions of would a different administration have mm-hmm. caught it mm. and reacted differently. There's that mm. uh, you know history and research and, mm-hmm. and debate to be had. But there's also the the response, mm-hmm. um, and you know, not wanting to lose to history uh, that. Al Gore was not president based on an incredibly small number of votes and a Supreme Court decision. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And for people who who I think are tempted to become disaffected and get upset with all the things that are difficult about about politics and mm-hmm. how slow and messy and insincere democracy can sometimes be, it's it's easy to get uh, into this attitude that your vote doesn't matter. Um Mm-hmm. And boy, when you dig into history, every vote matters. A mm-hmm. small amount of votes might have changed a lot of what we're talking about. A different voice of leadership. 
not even talking about the war on terror, but a different voice in, of leadership about how we should react to our fellow Americans mm-hmm. after this might have made a difference. Right. And, and that comes down to voting. 100%. 100%. Yeah. 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 Um, one other thing I wanted to share it, just because it's, it's one of those, uh, life events that's just weird, um, for me about this sort of the, the slamming together of the way we fictionalize things versus, versus the reality. So, um, when the investigations were, were happening in the months afterward, uh, there was the, you know, uh, realization that some of the communication between the, the perpetrators was done on publicly accessed internet, uh, particularly at Kinko's. Mm. And, oh. uh, there was, um, the, the large case, uh, uh, against, uh, the, the man in Minnesota um, who he goes back and forth what people seem to believe about how much he was slated to be involved or not. But, you know, he's, he was tried and convicted and all that, and he, he was in Minnesota. So, it, But none of that was super clear at the time. So there was just a floating awareness of some of the perpetrators have connections to Minnesota, and we know they used computers at Kinko's to communicate. Mm-hmm. So one of the employees at my at the Kinkos I worked at had reached out to the FBI and told them that, you know, uh, that she did remember uh, logging a suspicious person into uh, the computers. So mm. the, the way the public computers worked at the time at Kinkos was you you paid for them hourly, but a an employee had to log you on. You couldn't just you were not mm. supposed to give the customer the password. You were supposed to take them to the computer and say, you tell me your first and last name. I type it in, and then you look away, and I type in the password. Mm. Yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah, I didn't. I assumed it wasn't regional. I thought that was a, mm-hmm. a Kinko's wide thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember. It was it was months after, but I was still the assistant manager, and you know, the, this extremely tired looking middle aged man, uh, and I'll never forget. They had like comedy mustard on his tie. <laughs> comes in as like, what is, oh man, what does this sad middle-aged man want? And he's like, are you the manager? And it's like, uh-huh. He's like, I'm, uh, I'm with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. May I speak to you in your office, please? I was like, oh, but, uh, what is this about? Uh, so the, this, you know, the intersection of fantasy and reality is, you know, uh, lots of shows have cool, interesting FBI characters in movies, and, you know, <laughs> studying at Quantico and seeing like here's just this the good just looks like um oh my god I already had three kids and now my my wife's gonna have triplets energy (laughs) you know with mustard on his tie happen to know that like this is both you gotta chase it down because there was enough connection there to be investigated but so he told me like hey one of one of the employees asked about this you know and uh, Jen, if you've gone through it, you can probably relate. There's this sort of dark humor to it. He asked me, like, in the last several months, have you checked anyone into the computer who seemed uh, angry or dangerous? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yes, everyone. <laughs> no one wants to be treated like a child and be told to put your first and last name into a computer. <laughs> right. It, it, like literally one of the only happy people I ever checked into a computer was Sinbad. Uh, and, <laughs> and even then I broke the rules because he walked in and he's like, clearly, and he asked to use the computer and I'm like, 
I got to take Sinbad to the computer. And like, I get in trouble if I don't enter a first and last name. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's a thing. Like, I might not get a raise. <sighs> so I sat him down and said, like, sir, what should I enter for your first name? <laughs> He's like, Sinbad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, I'm sorry, sir. What should I enter for your last name? He's like, it's just Sinbad. <laughs> uh, but, um, but everyone else you checked in was, was frustrated. And then there was also th- this element to it that was really uncomfortable to me because there were, yeah, there were a lot of, uh, you know, Muslims and people from the Midwest and in Minnesota has a, a, a thriving Somali community. Mm-hmm. So there was also this like, which of my employees is profiling basically because right. this is a large amount of the people who use our services and need them. And so there was also this element to it that was a little bit of the horror of, of what was happening with, with profiling people. Mm. Yeah. 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 So I just, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was the only time I've been uh, grilled by an, an FBI agent. And <laughs> very, very weird one, but mm. also sort of, encapsulated a little bit of uh, a lot of what we're talking about the the, the desperation to find yeah you know uh, uh the, the desperation to have justice i'm sure like whoever whoever whichever employee you know reported it was like feeling that like i need to respond i need to do something but mm-hmm. then also that mm-hmm. sort of like just you know borderline profiling mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh yeah any other thoughts from uh, either of you about uh, that day or its impact? I I think it's 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 one of the key moments in history. That seems like it's an obvious thing to say, but I, I that's why I think I get a little bit grumpy at some of the cynicism, um, hmm. and not just from quote unquote younger generations, people in my age group who I understand, I understand where they're they're coming from. They weren't freedom fries stupid angle because that's a fact, but they kind of mm-hmm. only live in that. Where mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, you're shutting out a lot of other things. <laughs> like, it's big. And it's big for a reason. And all angles need to be studied and experienced. And uh, it's okay to be empathetic and sympathetic and uh, and have compassion for those who still are dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Any other final thoughts from you, Jennifer? No, no. That's it. <laughs> that's that's plenty. So uh, we're that was uh, even longer and even heavier than I expected. I expected it to be long and heavy. So we are going to take a quick break and then we'll be back uh, with some uh, more lighthearted questions. Back in a moment. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back to Other Center. It's Cues of the Others. And yeah, you know what? This is part of the fun of doing Other Center and going to other areas. We can talk about favorite desserts and we can go deep into <laughs> one of the darkest days in history. I, I really think that's uh, um, part of the appeal in a way. So, Joseph, uh, you led us through that one. Let's go to other areas. Yeah. So, uh, I, I so agree with what uh, Ken said. And I want to be sure... Uh, that since we're reflecting that it is a heavier topic, I want to thank Josh for the question. Yeah. Uh, you can tell from the way that you wrote this question, Josh, that you were very well aware uh, that uh, it, it was a heavier question. Uh, but we like to be able to cover everything. So we're going to jump from a heavy question to a question about beer. Uh, this comes to us from, from Maria McHale. Uh, Marie says, uh, or not Maria, Marie McHale. Uh, Marie says, going back to London, I know that Joseph specifically visited several London pub pubs, and I hope Ken did too. While there, one, did you try any cask ales? And if so, are you, like me, now ruined for beer in the United States? And two, did you have a favorite pub spot you visited? Uh, I'm happy to dive into this question, but I actually want to start with Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer, uh, I don't know your relationship uh, entirely with London or beer. Uh, so, uh, how, how, how often have you been to London and are you a beer drinker? I've only been to London once. Uh, I went with my parents. So in my, my parents are, don't drink alcohol. So, <laughs> but I do, I think we may have gone into a pub cause that's what I liked about from what I could see from the outside. And what I've heard is that a British pub is, they're kind of 
family, not family friendly, but yeah, they're kind of family friendly in the sense that the people congregate there. Um, You may drink, you may not. They have delicious food and you may hang out there for hours. Uh, So I've always wanted to go back now. My husband loves beer. I'm more of a cider person if I'm going to have it or wine. So, uh, but I just think it'd be fun for the experience. And it's also kind of nice to know that I could take my kids and then they could be there too. Yeah. <laughs> Always trying to find a place that appeases both, both us and the kids. So yeah, but I, I love London. I'm an ang- Anglophile, I guess yeah. you would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love all things about British culture. So I want to go back someday. Yeah, well, we got so many uh, uh, other center field trips to take. Uh, we can see if there's a cheesecake factory in London. Oh, no. <laughs> and go to some uh, some old pubs. But yeah, if you like cider, you're set in the UK as well. There's amazing, oh. amazing ciders. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Ken, uh, we went to a pub together that uh, I'm sure uh, we'll, we'll both be be chatting about. Uh, but what was your general pub and uh, and beer experience uh in london the hotel lobby bar was spectacular um (laughs) i so enjoyed my time there and so thankful to you and sarah for making sure grace and i got to experience a a, a good enough uh, portion of london beyond the convention center uh but we were there for work and so that was the focus of it so i only went to that uh, the pub we went to what was that the the pub that was the, from the 1600s on. <laughs> well uh, technically according to the sign it was rebuilt, rebuilt. in the 1600s That's so it's even fire. older yeah it was yeah. uh yeah the ye old cheshire cheese that's the one. Uh, oh my gosh that's awesome great old uh very old uh uh pub mm-hmm. um with lots of uh, multiple stories uh lots of uh, little uh rooms mm-hmm. uh so old that it feels like well nothing's ever going to take this down and yet you look at the walls they're just like this great organic but uh, you know warped wood so it almost looks like am i inside a tree uh mm-hmm. it's so ancient and organic uh, uh while still being a-, a building that stands up uh the vibe is just uh, amazing all the dark wood mm-hmm. you know everything so ken what was what was your uh experience what did you think of ye old cheshire cheese oh i absolutely loved it and and, and until they get it and wanting to have uh, wanted to step foot into a, a proper london pub my entire uh, uh, life right like you jed i uh said before the show i used to study london look to stare stare across this the the world towards london because it was a uh, beatles obsessive and uh, arthur dent and douglas adams hitchhiker like i just always wanted to go there so that's sort of final experience it was was truly a, a something I cherish, uh, and, and that yeah, that pub was everything I'd heard about, or thought about, or wanted out of it, and wanted more. Um, so one experience. Now the one thing I'll say, Marie, like I don't like beer of any kind. I did have a beer there. I wasn't going to be foolish and not have a, uh, a pint <laughs> in a pub in London, uh, and quite enjoyed it. It was quite an experience, but it didn't ruin uh, beer for me in the U.S. because I don't like beer in the U.S. I just don't like beer. Try <laughs> <laughs> to avoid it. It's not. It's never been one of my favorite things. Um, I go straight for the hard stuff, kids. If you can call Captain and diets hard. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I got it. Everything you're describing, uh, Jen, uh, was um, was there, was present, and just my one brief experience there. They were so curious and polite with us this was the home of the little man story that joseph yep. experienced oh. um but also there was just people kind of like doing their thing just in the corner talking because that's what they mm. did and i love that yeah no it's it's so wonderful to be in these very old places and and as uh, somebody who's only getting there to visit there a little bit every day it's it's uh, you know 
not there every day is this real special magical thing and then they're just you know people in the corner you know uh, complaining about work because <laughs> it's a pub and people use it every day you know uh yeah i i, I have a, a up and down relationship with beer in that i, I like it a little bit uh, too much and it gets you know uh, heavy and expensive so then i i have times where i'm responsible and drink martinis instead mm-hmm. uh but no one knows going back to the uk i was very excited to try uh some more uh uh cascales and in great uh british beers what ken and i both had because i i ordered for us mm-hmm. was a uh, samuel smith's old brewery bitter um and it is just just great um blend. i don't i'm not super an expert on all the different kinds of, of beers so i'm not even going to pretend or try i liked the flavor of it <laughs> mm. uh i liked uh that it it tasted you know very different than than um, american beers Mm. Um, just, uh, it, to me that, that kind of specific, uh, pub ale that I don't know all the correct terminology for, it just feels like, uh, uh strong and steady. <laughs> <laughs> and like, if your some stomach's a little upset, or if you're a little tired, this'll, this'll fix you right up, uh, kind of, mm-hmm. kind of beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, my, my wife and I enjoyed it so much that, you know, we went there uh, together, uh, with Ken and Grace. And then we went back there for dinner mm. and uh, we were like, I wonder if we need to make a reservation or whatever. And there are all, all these different little rooms. And we found one room that looked like, I think that's a hallway to a bathroom. Like, no, it was just this tiny little nook that was all wooden and beautiful. And there was like one table in it. And you felt like a kid. If a kid was alone in that building, you know, playing like uh, hide and seek, they just go like hide around the wall there. It felt mm. so... Hmm. bonkers cozy uh and we sat down there like is this okay will anybody will the server even find us here uh and of course yeah she she knows her tables and she did and we were like is it okay to be back here is it okay to be so cozy and she's like <laughs> of course of course uh and had the exact same uh, beer again and that was great um hmm. did not get to as many other pubs as uh, i wanted to explore uh, I've been on about, you know, having lived in London for about three months uh, back in, in 2006. Uh, so one of the places that I really wanted to go is not a, a great old pub. It's a pretty n- new pub, I think, in general. It's not it's not 400, 500 years old. Um, but it was uh, our local, uh, as, the, as the British say. Of it was the the pub that was closest to us. I think it's corporate owned, but it's got a great British pub name. It's the Butcher's Hook and Cleaver, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, which is very very uh, close to uh, to Smithfields, the old meat market, and uh, uh, upsettingly also very very close uh, to uh, where where um, Braveheart was, um, you know, taken mm. apart physically, mm. um, uh, uh, drawn and quartered. There we go. Those are the words. Um, even more ominous that it's a friendly neighborhood pub called butcher's hook and cleaver um so yeah my wife and i used to go there uh before we were married when we lived in london so we we made uh, a point of going back and they have a the fuller's honeydew uh which is just a lovely uh uh, honey beer that really really enjoyed there and then this isn't London, but uh, we also went to, uh, in Nottingham, ye old trip to Jerusalem, Jerusalem, mm-hmm. which claims to be uh, the oldest pub in the UK. And that is 
absolutely amazing. It's very similar in look to your old Cheshire cheese with all the twisty little rooms and the, the, the massive oak beams that are like, how are they still supporting the wall? Uh, but it's also built into the side of a, of a sandstone cliff that the castle's on. So mm. we sat in a little cozy there. Like, well, uh, half of this is just cave. <laughs> absolutely amazing. And uh, there I had a cursed galleon was the name of the drink. Which is a, a dark stout that was brewed specifically uh, for uh, for ye old trip to Jerusalem. That's wow. See, that's I love all that. I gotta I gotta get more of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it is really fun when, when like sometimes you know we're all from different cultures and sometimes there are you know uh, uh, stereotypes that that come up and uh, they're grounded in some sort of reality. And when I run down the list of the the beers in the pubs, mm. <laughs> Ye old Cheshire Cheese, Butcher's Hook and Cleaver, Cursed Galleon, Ye old Trip to Jerusalem. Amazing. Like, that is a different culture. You, you're not encountering those kind of names as much uh, here <laughs> in the States. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts about uh, beer in London? I can't, can't wait to report on the sequel trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looking Boy. forward to it. All right, we are going to move from beer in London uh, to another thing that uh, I, I know that I like and I'm very curious to hear uh, Ken and Jennifer's relationship with, and that's uh, comic books. This comes to us from Michael McCarcel. Uh Michael says, aside from the galaxy far, far away, my other fandom is comic books. Dick Grayson slash Nightwing is actually my favorite fictional character. You've both mentioned at one point or another that you're fans of comics as well. Uh, Ken is infamously behind on most of his comics. <laughs> Too relatable, honestly. Mm. What are some of you guys' favorite comics, all-time favorites, recent favorites? What comics have inspired you? How were you introduced into the world of comics? Were you able to go to a local comic book store much as a kid? Thanks and be safe. You know, some of these questions uh, come in direct uh, directed to Ken and myself uh, because it's been great that Jennifer can join us more recently on the Q's question. So I definitely want to pitch to you, Jennifer. I have no idea what your relationship with comic books is. Uh, hmm. What is it? Well, I like them, but, uh, you know, I was thinking about it and I was thinking about how, when I was a kid, I I knew about comics, um, kids in my school had him. I personally didn't have him. I didn't really go into a comic book shop until I was in high school. Um, and I remember feeling really overwhelmed and feeling intimidated you know mm. because especially during that time like there was this idea that you know girls girls couldn't be into this stuff and mm-hmm. it felt very much like a boys club and i already felt like i had a lot to prove with people saying that i was a star wars fan i didn't need to add the comics to the mix <laughs> <laughs> one battle at a time um so it yeah i think it would say it was much later probably when i was in college maybe I'm not, I'm not even quite sure if that's correct, but um, I got into Shadows of the Empire. I remember that. Mm. That was a great comic uh, miniseries. I think it was like six six issues. Um, and so, yeah, I would kind of dabble in it here and there, but I never kept up to it where I knew, like I wish I had. Like I hear about people with Marvel and who have kept up over the years. My husband had a treasure trove. Oh my gosh, like trunks of uh, Iron Man comics and all these Marvel comics. He's not even really into it anymore. But I I think that that's such a neat history. And then I think more recently, the past 10 years or so, I started taking some of the old comics that I had 
and would find, and I would uh, make color copies of them at Kinko's before it was FedEx ship. Um, mm. And I would decoupage. So I would decoupage frames, mm. I'd decoupage on shoes. Um, I would make, uh, yeah, decoupage, uh, whatchamacallit, tables and also um, vases. So using the old comic books. And that was nice. We did that with my husband's old Iron Man comics books too. Oh, wow. Yeah. But we, co- we copied them that way. We didn't actually cut up his old comics. <laughs> uh, this is a little bit of a, a, a Kinko's uh, episode here. Yeah. yeah because yeah. Uh, y- you would have had to do that in the self-serve area because we would not have been able to make those copies for you. <laughs> Oh, I know. And I remember being really scared. Like they were going to find us out because we used to try to also, Kinko's had the ability to where you could make your your shirts. Remember that? Like how you mm-hmm. guys could like print mm-hmm. the shirt. So we would buy, like make like band t-shirts for our favorite punk bands. And sometimes they'd be like, oh, you know what? Is this your artwork? And be like, yeah, yeah. And they would do it. But for something like Star Wars, they would be like, no. You can't do that. <laughs> uh, I, it, I would be thrilled anytime I saw somebody in self-serve uh, doing whatever they wanted because is like that's, they're not making it my problem. Yeah. Yeah. I would get so mad when they came to the counter. Like, can you uh, make 800 copies of this Iron Man comic book? I'm like, I want to, but no, <laughs> I really, really can't. Yeah. yeah. So I'm delighted to hear that you just use the self-serve copiers. <laughs> Uh, very good and insightful. Well, Ken, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna have you go go next because I I need to contain myself. This, mm-hmm. if we want to do an obsessed uh, or the center interview, uh, mm-hmm. interviewing me about something, the, this could be a whole episode for me. This mm-hmm. is we do huge for me. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, yeah. So where do you go? Yeah. So my my uh, comic book relationship to begin in, in in the 80s, in the mid 80s, and in, in the height of the toy books. I was a before big fan of. Uh, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and then uh, Robotech, which told the the, the story of the uh, American cartoon uh, there. Um, that got me into my shop locally in the Royal Grande Village. Uh, and it was a tiny, tiny little shop, but I used to love it. It was one of my favorite things to do to save up my, I think, 50 cent a week allowance. And then go down and get like a 75 cent comic every couple of weeks or save up and... Uh, uh, and I love that there. And, uh, through that, I, it was just, I was having a weird memory because a big G.I. Joe fan. And then Larry, uh, Hama, who, who, who wrote the G.I. Joe comics, uh, he was a Vietnam vet and he wrote a series called The Nam, which was a, a mm. comic book about Vietnam. Now that's probably not what you'd want, kid. I don't know. It was a weird thing. Like, cause I was reading on some, uh, researchers episode, there was some criticism of, of the book. It was an award-winning book. But there was some like, I don't know if Vietnam should be the the, the topic of a comic book. I might trivialize it. And it kind of did for me as a kid. It turned it oh. into another G.I. Joe adventure for me. Mm. Um, hmm. However, this, this the, the comic book is is serious. It's not it's not played for adventure or thrills. It, it, it's I remember it being pretty real. So I, th- I think in, I, in the end, I'd cite on the hey, not a bad idea, especially where comics Always were, but where comics go, like where they're 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 treated more as serious versus I was a kid in a shop, right? Um, um, so I think it's um, it's a good thing. But yeah, that's my relationship started. But then baseball cards and all those kind of things went in, and then I re-upped uh, about 2013. I I, I um, had never touched one, I, and I, I never was a superhero comic fan, and didn't pick one up, uh, didn't follow any of that stuff. But then started working with the the, the schmoes and YouTube stuff, and then I, I was producing Tiffany Smith's weekly. A uh, comic book show stacked. We'd, we'd go over to her house. She'd, she'd review three or four comics, and uh, I would badly shoot it and edit it because I was still learning all that stuff. Um, but then I was like, I was kind of like, this all sounds great. I want to experience this. And even though I was always a nerd, grew up a nerd, and whatever that meant in the eighties and whatever it means now, I had kind of moved out of that and thought maybe 
I shouldn't, can I, can I, can I get comics? <laughs> you know, this weird, weird thing that I wasn't allowed to do it. And uh, I was, you know, friends with Matt Key, who was a comic nut. And, and, and so, yeah, she was like, yeah, you should go get some comics. And then I, I did go with uh, my friend Joe Ruggiarello to his comic shop, which is my shop now, mm. Earth 2 in Sherman Oaks. Then I went to Earth 2 Northridge till they closed. But then I went with Matt Key one time to a place in Pasadena. And I just, I just bought like $100 worth of comics. And was like, this mm. is heaven. This is heaven. And, 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 and yes, some large portion with the Space Saga stuff there that we like. But uh, yeah, we'll list some of my other favorites. But that kind of re-upped. And now it's been 10 years of getting comics uh, all the time. Whether I read them or not, I still love having them. Are you, you, I know we've, we've mentioned you, you've read some, some Bond comics. Yeah. Uh, did, you, did you plunge into this superhero world at all? The only ones I read were, were the Matt Fraction run on Hawkeye. Where there was just something about it that pulled me in. And I heard some good things about it. And I think I was trying. And I think I think mm-hmm. even Matt Key kind of had said, "Hey, this is, you know, if this is a good spot, it might be good for you to enter into the to the Marvel world through this." And so I still have it. It's I, phenomenal. Yeah, I, I really love it, and and I did watch that that series because of it. Uh, um, so yeah, but no, I never, I never did. I still never did. I went, I went other directions out, outside of the of the Star Wars stuff too. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, and I think that is one of the the powers of of comic books is superheroes have dominated them, but they didn't yeah. always dominate them, mm-hmm. and and there's so many great uh, indie indie comics, and you know it's it's uh, it's an art form, you know, a narrative story with sequential art is one of you know the uh, the art forms uh, allegedly yeah. invented in America, and it is an art form onto itself mm-hmm. as well as this whole whole superhero thing. So I think it's great that you explore lots of different things. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's fun. Yeah, so th- I mean, a fun part of Other Center, I think, has been getting to know a little bit about uh, more about one another, and then also sometimes getting to know a surprise thing about uh, one of our other other readers. Um, comic books and superhero comic books were a big thing for me, but particularly uh, Michael McCarcel, uh Dick Grayson, Nightwing, just mm. huge, huge, huge for me. Um, so there's a. Uh, on the site formerly known as Twitter, there is a, a, a great a, account called the Spinner Rack, and they'll they mostly do seventies and eighties. They do some nineties. Uh, on specific days, they will just share like four uh, comics that came out that day, mm. um, and, and that's, that's always great. fun because then people respond which ones they got and which ones you know I picked up these two, but not these other two for this reason. Mm. Um, so it's just a fun memory lane kind of thing. Um, but a couple times the spinner rack has posted the day that my grandpa must have gone to Walgreens. <laughs> um, because, you know, w- w- when I was young, it, comic books were still just kind of, they were on, on racks everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at seven 11. And I, I think it was just some of my, my grandpa who, who poor man had a lot of hard, hard problems because of world war two struggled. And that was one of the, Nice grandpa things he did it a couple of times. Just here, here's six comic books mm-hmm. and blew my mind and, and treasured those. And um, eventually at one point I got um, one uh, random issue of uh, the new Teen Titans uh, by Marv Wolfman and the, the recently departed phenomenal artist, uh, George Perez. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had grown up a, a an absolute Robin the Boy Wonder guy. I'd seen the Batman, uh, you know, 66 show in in reruns. I've joked before, but it's true. My brother and I divided fictional characters like we were going through a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> one of us got one. You know, he, he had Spock and I had Kirk. He was Han. I was Solo. On and on and on. And, and 
and he was Batman uh, and, and I was Robin. And I think I really related to this idea of oh, a kid could be a superhero too. And like mm. Robin's so not just a kid. He's also kind of the younger brother, more often the Batman's son. But from my perspective, like, oh, well, my older brother's Batman. But but the younger guy can be a hero too. Mm. Adored Robin. Um, I cried when I had to settle for Superman under Roos and couldn't get Robin under <laughs> uh, And then I got this comic where it's like, oh, Robin's getting to be an older teen and he's leading a whole team of other superheroes. And to uh, Marv Wolfman and George Perez's uh, credits, uh, the, the heroes were still, all of them were incredibly fit, but they were drawn with different body types. Even the women, the women were all attractive, but with different body types. So there was like this diversity in it. And uh, Marv Wolfman had brought from Marvel a little bit more of the, fun to watch them fight and have adventures but it's also a soap opera mm. so got hooked as a kid of well starfire wants to date robin but he's kind of dragging his feet for some reason <laughs> <laughs> like you fool robin so i got hooked into that and i had this moment of like could i do it could i collect a comic book because grandpa just used to bring some but could i find out every issue what happens next mm. um and at the time i lived in st cloud minnesota and there weren't any comic book stores it was just i had to go to like 7-eleven or the grocery store and, and hope i didn't miss one mm. um so it, huge for me the one of my favorite comic book issues and i wanted to bring this up specifically because because michael talked about uh loving the character uh there's an incredibly uh famous in comic book circles story in the in the new teen titans in some ways that that comic book run which is hugely in, influential was 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 built leading up to this a story called the Judas Contract, where one of the characters, uh, one of the Titans, betrays the other Titans, mm. um, okay. and I was so desperate to not miss an issue of this because I'd missed one recently. I just Seven Eleven just didn't have it, mm. um, and uh, I would just will always remember uh, Tales of the Teen Titans number forty four. It is the third part of the Judas Contract, uh, and it is entitled "There Shall Come a Titan," and it is. Nightwing's first appearance mm. and he had he had been like uh because it was it's so soap opery earlier in the run Robin had been like Robin is kind of the shadow of Batman I'm 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 in I'm always going to be and Robin and mm -hmm. is going to be like mm -hmm. the and, and I just I need to grow up I need to be my own person so he just didn't he just didn't have a costume he didn't have a name you know and you left hanging going like who's he going to be who's he going to be and it really is this the Titans are at their lowest ever. And he decides I have to decide a new identity. I have to be my own person. Mm. And, but I don't want to reject my past. So I want it to evoke uh, Batman. Mm. I'm going to be Nightwing. And I remember sitting in my backyard in, in St. Cloud and just feeling like this is, this, I could be Nightwing. This is what's, <laughs> this is what happens to Robins. Yeah. They grow up and they become their own person and they have their own identity. Uh, yeah. that, so that's just uh, I've always been a fan uh, yeah. of of Nightwing. Um, yeah. And, and then then we moved to Minneapolis and there were actual comic book stores. And uh, we had a deal where if we went to church on Sunday morning, we'd go to the comic book store afterwards. <laughs> and that was a, a great deal that worked out. And I, I was voracious in the 80s. And it was and it was the late 80s in particular. It was a good time with, you know. Watchmen and Dark Knight and New Mutants and uh, big, big, big times in comic books. Mm. And around the early 90s, they started doing 
a lot of the crossovers, the success of the Batman film drove up prices and, and, you know, people really started to look at everything as a collector's thing. And the company started to pump out, you know, trying to, to make things collectible when the collectible just happens organically as mm. a character appears, you know, mm. uh, the first time. Um, and, and it just, it got, it got real expensive and it, it, it got for me, like, yeah. Uh, I wanted to be able to just collect one or two comics. And I, and I think it got to the way that, that both of you started to encounter of it's kind of hard in my opinion to this day to just be like, I want to follow this one comic. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. when I kind of, I kind of tapped out and I've checked in over the years. It's been really nice to read uh, some of the uh, galactic tales. Um, but to wrap up my long thing, uh, apologies for the, mm-hmm. the long memory. Um, just recently I was in uh, Portland for that film festival and I went to this comic book store and they've rebooted the Titans 1,800 times since my beloved Titans. And I realized that they had just started a new run of Titans comics. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try. I'm mm. going to try to collect again. So I bought the first two issues of this new Titans run. And I'm going to try to keep up. Oh, that's great. Good no, for you. I admire yeah. that. <laughs> I'd love to do that. Yeah. I'm going to try to spend too much money on another collectible again. I think mm-hmm. I can do it. I really think I can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, did either of you have, do either of you have favorite? superheroes at this point the way uh the michael and i are are on about nightwing hmm. i i don't i've always sort of enjoyed batman but that was years ago i haven't i haven't taken the the sweep i i do want to eventually watch some of the motion pictures out there uh that that uh go back into him <laughs> yeah <laughs> well yeah we can talk off air I'll, I'll i'll give you some opinions yeah, yeah. jennifer yeah. did you ever relate to a specific superhero I mean, I loved Wonder Woman from, mm-hmm. but that was from the TV series. You know, actually, I was trying to get my daughter into comics because she she really likes it, and it's a great way to ha- have her uh, interested in reading. And there was a Princess Diana comic book. Mm. She really liked it, but there was I think that there was only one or two um, that were at her level, and so that was kind of a bummer. And then there was another. Was it a comic book? Uh, I don't know. But I've been trying to find things for her. And they don't come out fast enough or there's not enough of them. I'm like, mm. please, please. She's really enjoying this. And I'm enjoying seeing that she's enjoying it. So, but yeah, my, uh, she does like Wonder Woman. I will say that. Yeah. Well, that's great. And, and I think for anybody interested, if you're interested in, in the art form, it's real fun. Especially if you go to a place that, that puts uh, some of the non-DC and Marvel comics up front. To just go in and explore the vast number of different kinds of stories there are. And I think the, the popularity of graphic novels where, where things are collected and you can more easily just pick up a, a short run of something and, and just try it out. It, I'm kind of down on it cause I'm still bitter from the early nineties. Uh, but I think comics are more accessible than, than they feel like you can just grab any graphic novel and, and give it a try. And if you want to keep collecting from there, you, you certainly can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's called is Amethyst Princess of Gemworld. It's actually oh. uh, yeah put out by DC Comics. She loves it. It's really really good. Highly recommend it if you want to get um, your young kids into comics. There you go. Check out Amethyst and the Judas Contract <laughs> from 1983. <laughs> uh, that is uh, that is it for uh, the cues. Want to take us home, Ken? Yeah, I was going to suggest Saga, which is great, but also Sex Criminal. Oh, yeah. great, maybe not for kids. Um, <laughs> and uh, and Velvet Joe, you might like Velvet. Uh, that's I'll tell you about that one off air too. James Bondy and like a story. Uh, hey, nice. we went to a lot of places today. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for listening, and uh, thanks for sharing your opinions uh, with us. 
us if you need to. Uh, we'll uh, keep on going here, doing what we're doing. You can find us on Twitter, Force Center Pod. We're on Threads as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Instagram and YouTube podcast available in a lot of spots. Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. Just search. You'll find us. Tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center for merch. Patreon.com slash Force Center to support us directly. You can find me at Ken Knapsack or my website, KenNapsack.com. Got some exciting announcements on things I'm releasing soon, too, as well as some uh, travel stand updates as well. Jen, where can they find, uh, where can they find and follow you? You can find and follow me on TikTok at JenniferLanda1138, YouTube, Instagram at JenniferLanda. And if you're interested, I have a lot of things about all things retro from the 80s and 90s. <laughs> Joseph, take us home. Where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw, in particular uh, Blue Sky and Instagram. I'm uh, trying to uh, spend a little bit more time on those sites. Maybe I will post a picture of uh, the copy that I still have with me in this home of There Shall Come a Titan, Nightwing's uh, first appearance. Uh, if you're interested in uh, following my filmmaking adventures, uh, the short horror film I made with a bunch of great people, The Nightmare Adorable is beginning its festival run. Uh, got a lot of uh, uh, festivals coming up in the next month or so. There's information on all of those showings on my website, the front page at uh, josephsgrimshot.com. That is it. That is it. We'll see you next time, friends, here on Other Center. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.